It was interesting to listen to the secret recording of Governor Tony Evers' phone call with top Republican lawmakers this week, Phil. But I'm disappointed the flap over its discovery and release didn't produce a fun and viral hashtag. Viral like a, like in a good way, but not like in a you've got coronavirus kind of way. Yeah, something like hashtag Tapegate or hashtag Evers is not a crook. Something to channel Richard Nixon's Watergate scandal from 50 years ago. Well, at least I was able to draw an amazingly goofy cartoon about it in a Wednesday's paper. That's right. You drew Governor Evers as Richard Nixon. That was fun. And he was giving the victory sign with both his hands in the air, that classic Nixon move when he was getting into the helicopter and leaving office. It was such a good cartoon. I wouldn't be surprised if Roger Stone now tattooed Tony Evers on his back, too. (laughs) Evers insists in the cartoon that he isn't responsible for the embarrassing episode. That's what he insisted in real life, too. But the big surprise from these secret tapes, once the public got to listen to them, is how civil everybody is. Yeah, the conversation was very civil, although it seems like Robin Voss and Speaker Fitzgerald are speaking a completely different language than Tony Evers, because they're both talking, but nobody's listening. Yet they're all looking out for what they view as the public's best interest, even though that differs sharply. It makes me think the three leaders should have public conversations more often. They might actually get somewhere. So let's talk about it on Center Stage with Milford and Hands, the Wisconsin State Journal's political podcast from the Sensible Center of Wisconsin Politics. I'm Scott Milford. I'm the editorial page editor for the Wisconsin State Journal. And I'm Phil Hands. I'm the editorial cartoonist for the Wisconsin State Journal. And we are half of the Wisconsin State Journal editorial board. The less civil half. It was refreshing to listen to an unguarded conversation by our top leaders, uh, Governor Tony Evers, Assembly Speaker Robin Voss, and Senate Majority Leader Scott Fitzgerald. Usually when we hear them, they're not together and they're throwing partisan talking points and barbs at one another. This conversation was really more collegial. There's one or two moments where Fitz seems a little bit agitated, but he's not yelling at Governor Evers or anything like that. This phone call conversation came in mid-May, a day after the Supreme Court had struck down the governor's safer-at-home order in a lawsuit that top Republican lawmakers had brought and won. Yeah, and I guess I understand why Scott Fitzgerald and Robin Voss are upset about about being taped without their knowledge, that's bad form to do that. And there probably ought to be punishment for Evers staffers who did record this this meeting. But nobody comes out looking bad from it, really. They're not parading in front of the camera. They're just having a, a conversation about a really important issue. I mean, it starts off with a nice joke. and Yeah, the governor and the speaker are waiting for Fitz to get on the call. He's late. I've learned that Fitz's watch must be like two minutes off. <laughs> Well, he's, he's got all sorts of things to work on these days. <laughs> yeah, he sure does. I keep telling him I have no idea why anyone would want to be in Congress. Fitz, of course, is running for and is the odds-on favor to win the 5th Congressional seat in Congress this fall. Jim Sensenbrenner is leaving. In any case, I agree with you. I think it was bad form for the governor's staff to be recording it. Evers said he didn't know they were recording it. Uh, They claim they were just trying to take careful notes as they started to craft a rule for how the state was going to move forward. I I don't think this is uh, um, necessarily 
uh, egregious thing to ask, but if, if in the meantime or today, if you'll uh, let us know what you're going to say yes to in the room or what what you don't want to see in the room. Um, yeah, I think that's great, Governor. Um, appreciate kind of the, the offer to kind of throw something at us here because I think that's kind of what we need. This was a very precarious moment, and what they're trying to negotiate to some degree in this call is how do we move forward after the call became public Senator Fitzgerald noted that Wisconsin law, it's a felony if somebody who's on the call doesn't know that it's being recorded. They teach us this in journalism school in Wisconsin that in our state, you can record somebody secretly just so you know it's being recorded. And the person you're interviewing or talking to, they can record it without you knowing You just can't have somebody who's not part of the conversation uh, recording it. That's what's illegal in Wisconsin. There is sort of a legal question here because Evers had several staffers on the call with him. And if one of those staffers on the call was the person recording it, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing illegal about the practice. But if the staffer wasn't on the call, then somebody committed a felony. I'm guessing not much will come of that in terms of charges, but what will come of it is a lot more suspicion moving forward, particularly from the Republicans. You'd think you couldn't have more suspicion than there already was. They already haven't played really nice together. And as much as they were civil during the conversation, they're not listening to each other. They have no agreement on how to move forward. If you're living in one municipality and you go to another one to shop or to go to a bar or go to a restaurant and it's something different than what you have 20 miles down the road, I think that's confusing. And uh, I I don't think that uh, that confusion necessarily has to uh, uh, happen. So, yeah, yeah, I... I, I hear what you're saying, but uh, I, we, I, I don't agree. I think uh, I think having some semblance of a statewide approach is important. So with the rule and the scope statement, what's your end goal? So that we potentially could see if there's anything we can agree on, or is it to have your administration, kind of like what I asked the last time, right, where is it just to have you draft a rule, we get the opportunity to give input, you can choose to listen or not, you forward it on to us to kind of put us in a box where the only option we have is to say yes or no as opposed to an actual discussion. That's why, that's the question I asked initially. What will you say yes to, I think, will help us get to that point. Senator Fitzgerald and I have to go back and explain this to our caucus who, you know, feels like they have really been boxed out of this process for the last 10 weeks. Speaker Voss and Senate Majority Leader Fitzgerald, given that the high court had struck down Evers' safer-at-home order, their view was the state's open governor. Forget about your safer-at-home order. That's old news. We need to move forward and work on something, uh, a statewide rule, maybe, that deals with hotspots, that deals with how do we open schools and universities, that deals with maybe how we're going to handle large sporting events. Uh, Speaker Fitzgerald seemed obsessed with sporting events in this call. He seemed like he brought up the Packers, the Brewers, uh, the Loggers in lacrosse where uh, Dan Kapanke hopes to run and win a seat. 
He didn't bring up the Bucks, which were having, which were having the best season of any of them. The Badger bounce back and WMC and everything that Louis Strobo and Roger Roth were working on. I mean, that's all behind us. We're open. So that that was my point originally. Was I would hope that this hope statement would be based on moving forward. How do we tackle these major statewide concerns? Where clearly they fall into that category. I mean. Major League Baseball may want to play a game in July. Um, the, the Packers are going to play this fall. Um, there's going to be mass gatherings that people are going to come to the state of Wisconsin and say, how do we put this together? Republicans are saying, Governor, get over it and look forward. And the governor, he really wants to do this more cautiously. Evers thought the point of this call was to say, how are we going to write the rules so the legislature's involved in creating a new safer-at-home order for the whole state? And the legislature had absolutely no interest in doing that. Well, I'm not sure about that. It sounded to me like they were open to some very narrow rules moving forward in case there were hot spots that flared up or uh, that related to schools, for example. But let's get to that moment that you brought up where Fitz gets a little worked up and suggests that Evers isn't in the real world. I get it. You hate what the court did. But that's all stuff that's behind us besides what I can gather, post-secondary and, and K-12. Everything else has been addressed already, right? Yeah, yeah, it has, obviously, not to our liking. I mean, it, well, it, no, you know, no, I get that. You don't like it. Yeah. In, a, in a perfect world, we would open up bars just like they did in any other state with some sort of parameter. Instead of seeing pictures today of bars absolutely bursting at the seams, knowing full well that there's all sorts of viruses being transmitted. Would we have preferred no, that no, not, no, not, no. not to happen? Yes. But, okay, so we understand we're going to move Governor, are you, are, when was the last time you were in Home Depot on a Saturday? When was the last time you were in Walmart on a Saturday? Are you kidding me? You're not being serious right now, are you? Those places are bursting at the seams every weekend. It, it, come on. It, it, I, I've, driven by, I've driven by when they had lines outside and they're not letting people in. Oh my gosh! Oh my, I bet, well, I've been in both of them numerous times. They're bursting at the seams. Costco is out of control over in Sun Prairie every weekend. It's it's ridiculous. So I I know what you're saying, but I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I mean, my point is, I'm not trying to be argumentative. I'm just saying, as far as I'm concerned, the scope statement should be: let's tackle the biggies that are out there in front of us instead of worrying about the small stuff. That was all decided yesterday. Uh, his example was that Costco and Walmart are packing with people. So if the governor is worried about a mom and pop bar having a dozen people in there, that's silly. I think that a lot of those big box stores were pretty nervous about legal liabilities of people contract, contracting diseases at their stores. And so they set in motion pretty strict company-wide policies that... The state wasn't enforcing, but these were sort of the private sector taking control and making, the, setting their own policies to protect themselves from legal liability. Evers wanted to have some sort of rules statewide for everybody. It sounds like Voss and Fitz were much more interested in letting each person make their own decision about what sort of safety measures to put in their own businesses. The public health officials really wanted to limit where we can go, and they were 
stopping a lot of local businesses from opening. And I think Fitz has a point here, which is, you know, I've been in a Walmart and a Costco myself, the same one that Fitz has been in out in Sun Prairie, the Costco. And a lot of people were going there and they and these big boxes were allowed to stay open, unlike mom and pop stores. But what Fitz isn't acknowledging and which Evers, I think, correctly is noting is that those stores did have a lot of safeguards so that you didn't come within six feet of other people. Some of this is understandable. I mean, generally, Republicans trust people more to do the right thing on their own. Democrats see more of a role for government to regulate people. Unless we're talking about police and cops, then it's the exact opposite, as we've learned recently. In any case, the other moment that actually made a lot of news out of this was when Robin Voss brought up immigrant culture as a factor in why there was a surge in COVID-19 cases in and around Racine County, which Robin Voss represents. Here's what he said. Frankly, you know, I know the reason, at least in my region, um, it's because of a large immigrant population where, you know, it's just a difference in culture where people are living much closer and working much closer. Certainly you want to coordinate that amongst where people live and work. I just trying to understand the need for a rule at DHS separate from what you're already doing to be able to accomplish that goal. Okay, that's helpful. That's helpful. I think people jump down his throat for sounding racist, but I don't think there's anything particularly... I don't think it's racist to say that a lot of Latinos have jobs where they have to work in close proximity to each other. Yeah, I think what rubs some people the wrong way is implying it's Latino culture to be working close together and living close together when it's necessity more than culture. If you're an immigrant and you need a job and it's low paying and it's in a factory where you have to work close to other people, that's just the rules of your job. If you want a job, you have to do that. If you share an apartment with your uncle and your aunt and your grandmother and stuff like that, because that's what you can afford, that's not necessarily cultural. It's more of economics. I think immigrant communities are more comfortable living in close proximity to their extended families than a lot of other people are. Because they come from places where they don't have a lot of options. And it's much more common to have grandpa and grandma living with you. But I agree with you. I think this was a lot of just sort of the Twitter sphere trying to make Voss into being insensitive or racist. And in fact, this was so offensive to Tony Evers that immediately after Voss said this, Tony Evers said, that's helpful. Tony Evers wasn't offended by it. So I guess if the Twittersphere hates Voss for saying this, I guess they have to similarly shame the governor for not being offended. I guess that's right. Shame, shame, shame. And I'm sure they won't. Uh, But that seemed to be what kind of made news. I think, Scott, we should start off this whole podcast by playing a clip of them being like cordial and civil because they talked for an hour and there were two points that people are talking about from news stories where they were slightly testy. But most of this conversation is elected officials who publicly don't seem to like each other at all having a civil conversation. That's right. And there were even moments where Fitz, he credits Evers. How are we going to get K-12 back up and running? And, and if, if those decisions are going to be made you know, I'm being told, and there's probably nobody better in the state than yourself, who knows the timeline 
on schools. Governor Evers, he used to be the state superintendent of schools, so of course he knows a lot about this, and Fitz is granting that. And I think there were other cases where Evers says, for example, I hear what you're saying, but I don't agree. And I'm not blaming the reporters for jumping on what they think is the most newsworthy. The juiciest bits. Politicians having a civil conversation about substantive issues. That's probably not as newsworthy as you and I think. It happens a lot more at the Capitol. We just don't read about it a lot because if they're agreeing about something, then, okay, that's not a point where the rules that affect you are in play where you might want to have some input on it because it's basically already going to happen. I would like to think they're doing this all the time because when you communicate directly with someone else, you can go around these political operatives. I feel like their staffs often are in this bubble of how do we take down the other side? How do we embarrass the other side? And unfortunately, that's the filter that the leaders get information through. Uh, And again, I'm not impugning all of the staff of every lawmaker and the governor, but I I just think direct communication is best. And honestly, I think (laughs) if if these sorts of conversations in a crisis, if they had uh, some public dialogue uh, that everybody could listen to, I think that would probably might get us closer to some deals. Even if you had a professional mediator in there to say, okay, so your side is saying this and you're saying this fits, so how about this? This conversation could have used a mediator because nobody was listening to what the other side was saying. They needed somebody to sort of explain where they were coming from. As a good old-fashioned liberal response to this conversation, there ought to be a law that the... (laughs) The governor and the Speaker of the Assembly and the leader of the Senate have to meet once a month and have a public discussion about important issues uh, because it would give everybody a lot more faith in government that these people actually understand the issues, care about stuff, and have the state's best interests in mind. I mean, people forget this all the time. Like, I don't agree with Robin Voss and Senator Fitzgerald on a lot of topics, but I've met Robin Voss several times, and I'm convinced that he thinks he's doing what's right. For the state of Wisconsin. I think he's wrong on a lot of those topics, but I think he's his heart's in the right spot. And I assume Fitz's heart is in the right spot, too, even though they are wrong on a lot of policy issues, in my opinion. And I think Evers is the same way. And, and you know, I would happily, by the way, volunteer as the mediator if they want me to go in because... Well, can I do it? Or maybe we can just mediate this on the next podcast. Maybe we'll do that. We'll have the three of them call in and we'll mediate this. It seemed to me there was an obvious deal. I mean, let's remember what came out of this call, which is nothing. The governor's office decided this is useless. We can't have a statewide rule related to the coronavirus because the Supreme Court said that my secretary of health can't do it. And the Republicans aren't interested. So why even waste our time was the governor's view. And to some degree, I get that. And this call sort of shows it that the Republican top lawmakers, they wanted something very limited. But to me, if you're Governor Evers... Yeah, Evers Evers wanted to be able to put a statewide order in saying restaurants have to open at 25% capacity or 50% capacity and stores have to have these measures in place. And the Republicans had no interest in any of that because in their mind, the state was open. Right. Evers clearly wanted to do something like Dane County is doing now, where we just barely got to phase two weeks after this, and we're still at 50% for most places in terms of capacity. But it was obvious that the Republican lawmakers weren't going to go for a Dane County style sweeping limits. And yet 
it seemed like Evers wasn't willing to just say, okay, fine. I mean, what I was hearing from the Republicans was, particularly Fitz, was, Governor, what we need a state rule on is how K-12 schools are going to open, how universities are, and technical colleges are going to open. And oh, by the way, the governor, I defer to you on that because you're a lot smarter on that issue than I am. And gee, wouldn't it be great? Uh, I've been talking to the Packers and the Brewers a lot. Maybe they can have some rules from the state. And then Voss was saying, I want some statewide rules or at least some regional options for when a hotspot flares up. So if a hotspot flares up, maybe the state comes in and says, you know what, this is the statewide rule for this area or for the entire state, and everyone has to follow it, not just certain municipalities. And I don't think this was a lost cause. You know, let's say Evers had proposed something like that and said, okay, but now you guys have to go along with me on this, which is we're not going to have 100% capacity at bars. We're going to have 50% capacity at any bar larger than this size. Since Fitz was drawing a contrast between, say, a small mom-and-pop bar that's kind of quiet and a dance club or a nightclub, for example, which Fitz did seem concerned about might pack. Several bars in lacrosse that are like big student bars are now considered hotspots. And people are getting sick in lacrosse being at bars. And we just had a story in the Wisconsin State Journal where more than a dozen young friends went to the same bar and all got coronavirus. That wasn't the blue moon, was it, Scott? (laughs) I haven't stepped back into a bar since the worst of the coronavirus pandemic. I did go to a restaurant and that felt safe. The staff had a mask on and we never came anywhere close to six feet from anyone else other than the waiter. What's your takeaway from all of this then? I'm guessing no one is charged with a felony for secretly recording, but I do wish that And I hope more of these conversations take place, preferably in public, where they can trust each other and be honest with each other about where they're heading. I think having a public meeting about this was a great idea. I mean, I think that's that should be the the lesson that these that these leaders take from this is that when they talk together, they 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 can inspire a lot of faith. I mean, I think people in Wisconsin are looking for leadership and wanting wanting to see that that uh, people care and are taking this seriously. And I think this conversation sort of shows that. They might have different approaches to it. And I would totally suggest, and not that Tony Evers is going to listen to this, and I'm sure Robin Voss and Scott Fitzgerald won't either, but they should meet, they should meet together on television and have a public discussion about this in a very frank and honest way. Um, and I think, I, think the people, I think that would instill a lot of faith in the people of Wisconsin. I think doing it on Madison.com would make a lot more sense than on television. But in any case... Uh... You're probably right about that, Scott. <laughs> You're probably right. We can put it next to those videos of Phil Hands drawing cartoons. Speaker Voss actually had, you know, and this is not a call that he thinks is being recorded. At the end, he has a little soliloquy about how about we all push smart public health practices. We can either argue with each other in public, which will undermine public confidence, or we can try to say, look, there are good practices that Republicans and Democrats actually agree on. I think that would be confidence building for the state. And I think it would help us get to the point where if there was an outbreak, people have confidence that we're going to work together to do it, as opposed to, you know, from our side, you imposing, and from your side, us not caring. Nobody zings sharper rhetoric than Voss, but I think he's right that there are times where you got to back off that. And this was one of those moments, and he seemed to be sincerely suggesting that they do all do a kumbaya on public health measures. 
Voss and Fitz seem like they're pretty angry about this tape coming out, and I'm sure part of that is, you know, nobody likes being recorded secretly. But do you think they're do you think they're angry because they sound so reasonable? And in the era of Trump, that makes you sound weak, and like they're not giving it to Evers the whole time. Like, do you think they lose points with their base for sounding decent, reasonable, and calm on a phone call? I don't know because what came out of it was Fitz being aggressive and Voss making an immigrant comment that I'm sure the Trumpites were happy to defend. To listen to the entire 50-minute, no longer secret tape, go to go.madison.com slash tapegate. That's go.madison.com slash T-A-P-E-G-A-T-E. Our theme music is by Tube Tester. Find and follow Center Stage with Milford and Hands on your favorite podcasting app, You also can subscribe to this Wisconsin State Journal's digital edition at madison.com slash subscribe now. You can get all of our digital content for just $3 for the first three months. That's at madison.com slash subscribe now.